This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast, courtesy of the Bet Rivers Network. Glad you're with me. Today is going to be fun. We're going to do football movies today. And I was delighted by the heavy volume of reaction I got on social media when I asked on Sunday, what's your favorite football movie? And I didn't ask on intentionally what's the best football movie, what's the most heralded or most successful What is your favorite football movie? And bad tastes are always welcomed. And boy, did I get it. Thank you so much to the hundreds of you who replied. You can follow me on on Facebook just like you would follow anybody on Twitter at Danny Mac Show. Yeah, I finally recognize 2021 has come to a conclusion and decided to change the to change the address there. So that's how you can find me. And thank you for listening. Please spread the word. You obviously have found the podcast. Let people who might not be too tech savvy know it's not all that complicated. And I have to confess to you that I am finding my way as a podcaster. This is much different than doing live local radio This lacks the intimacy, but in some ways might even be a little bit more intimate, as I've been finding out, because people make the effort to go find you. You're not just on when they punch a button. They have to actually seek you out. So I'm enjoying that. I'm doing my best with very sensitive equipment in my home studio not to pop my peas. There is a windscreen on my mic, but it's an incredibly sensitive Omnidirectional mic, it picks up everything. I'm doing my best to uh, turn away when I say Pittsburgh, as in the Pittsburgh. See, there I did it. I, I turned back to it, and I popped a pee. See, Adam, I'm most mindful of it. And I do a little bit of lip licking, I'm told. Apologies for that. I don't stop. I never pause these recordings. I go, and if I screw up, I screw up. That's the way it is. I may pause from time to time to take a sip of my delicious monster no-carb energy drink. But um, we're on go, and I'm delighted to be back in doing this, especially during football season. And it has been my tradition before one of my favorite seasons starts, and those seasons would be football number one, hockey number two, and baseball a distant third. I like to watch movies to get ready for those seasons. In February, it's my tradition to watch Major League. Uh, Bull Durham, Pride of the Yankees. Take your pick. My favorite baseball movies before 
before the season actually begins. And in football season, it's the same way. I have the August ritual of watching three or four of my favorite football movies. And I have to admit, after looking at all of the responses on what is your favorite football movie, I have some work to do. I've got some movies I need to give a second watch to, in some cases even a third try, to see if I can come around to your way of thinking or feeling about a movie. And in some cases, I need to see a movie for the first time. And we all have those, whether they are you know, classic dramas, uh, romantic comedies, sports movies, whatever. We all have big films that are widely acclaimed And in some cases, Oscar-winning films, important films, we haven't seen. Some of you need to see a lot more football movies. When I get responses like Semi-Tough or Waterboy, Little Giants, Heaven Can Wait with Warren Beatty, Wildcats, Man, Watch More Football Movies. Those are those are unacceptable replies. That is unadulterated dog food. Although I do have a fond memory of going to the theater, actually, in the spring of 1978 to see Heaven Can Wait with a high school girlfriend. Uh, I was Captain Dan. She was Captain Ann of the marching Trojanettes, uh, the majorettes they were called. And we went to the movies out in Merrillville. Uh, I think it was in the summer of 78, to see Heaven Can Wait. Uh, I didn't watch the movie very much. I was I was more awkwardly trying to figure out a way to get my arm around Captain Ann because um, I was so nervous. You remember that when you were 16? Yeah, that's not fun. Heaven Can Wait, I've tried it since. It's garbage, as it was in the 70s. Now, this is the one that I get the biggest kick out of. I wasn't expecting to see this. And I had mentioned this film maybe as recently as three or four years ago when talking with a buddy who loves the Steelers. It's the Rocky Blyer story, which was a made-for-TV movie starring Robert Urich. The name of the film is, is Fighting Back. And it's not good. It's, it's formulaic, like so many sports films are. It's predictable. It is biographical, the story of Rocky Blyer. For those of you who don't know, Steelers running back by way of Notre Dame, who was injured in Vietnam. He, he's the only player in NFL history to have one shoe size smaller than the other. He had part of his toes blown off. But uh, Rocky Blyer was a gritty football player, and it was an interesting story if you're really a Steelers fan, and that just goes to show you that I must have some people who are following me on Twitter or on Facebook who are in Pennsylvania. Uh, I engage regularly with Steelers fans. That was my bandwagon team as a kid, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I also got a nomination for something for Joey which was another awful made-for-TV film. Uh, It's the story of John Capaletti, the Penn State running back who won the Heisman Trophy, dedicating his his senior year and his award to his little brother who was dying. And it's heartbreaking and it's heart-wrenching. But, uh, I mean, you got to see more movies if that's where you're going. 
with number one. I have picked two because that was the assignment. I said your favorite sports movie or favorite football movie. And if you feel you have to, go ahead and give give an honorable mention. So I'm only going to mention two, even though my want is to give you a Mount Rushmore because how do you pick just two? It's like picking your favorite Rolling Stones album. I mean, how do you pick one out of that discography? It's very difficult. I was heartened to see Brian's song get as many mentions as it got. That is not one of my top two, but one of the first films that made me cry. I think Love Story with Ryan O'Neill and Ali McGraw was the first film that made me weep. Cool Hand Luke was among them. Paul Newman, George Kennedy, 1967, directed uh, by the great Stuart Rosenberg. But... Brian's song, the story of Bears running back Brian Piccolo out of Wake Forest, the teammate and roommate of the Kansas Comet, Gail Sayers. Piccolo is played by James Kahn. Billy D. Williams plays Sayers. I hate to burst your bubble, but it is a fact Sayers and Piccolo were not nearly as, as chummy as that film leads you to believe. Shocking, even a made-for-TV film would um, would movie-fy us and, and bend facts just to support a thesis and to have more drama. But Brian's song, getting as much acclaim as it did, uh, surprised me. Uh, a made-for-TV film that also starred Jack Warden as George Hallis, Bernie Casey as J.C. Caroline, one of the Bears' captains, and Abe Gibran, the Bears' head coach, as himself. Ed Bradovich as himself, Butkus, Buffon. There's a scene of Buffon just kind of drooling in the cafeteria. And it was all shot on location. That's one of the things I loved about it and why it's a great August movie because it's training camp and it's August. And the Bears actually allowed the filmmakers to come in and interrupt their training camp. That might explain some of the records of Gibbons Bears in the early 70s. They were busy making a movie. But, uh, you know, the sting of Brian's passing was still pretty fresh. And uh, they decided they wanted to do it at St. Joe's College in Rensselaer. I I had friends who went to St. Joe, and it's only about an hour from where I grew up in Rensselaer, Indiana. And so I know a lot of the scenes there. And uh, just, you know, is it a great film? Absolutely not. Did it deserve to be in theaters? No, probably not. I don't think you'd get this reaction the way I did on Facebook and Twitter in other parts of the country. This is a provincial film. This this is our version of something for Joey. Maybe more people nationally are, are more aware of it because it had major stars in it. Khan already had done The Godfather, I think. And uh, a couple of other uh, films, Freebie and the Bean, I think, first time I ever saw Alan Arkin. But uh, no, this this is not a great film. But man, it's it's if you're a Bears fan and if you've ever been touched by death, you got to see this movie. And uh, I think it's worth watching again. I watch it every summer. Where do we put draft day? This is my dilemma. The 2014 Ivan Reitman-directed film starring Kevin Costner as Sonny Weaver Jr., fictional general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Chadwick Boseman is the incoming 
star linebacker out of Ohio State, Vontae Mack. His nephews like tumbling, but he doesn't like tumbling, especially if you're talking about tumbling 10 picks. Oh, I love Chadwick Boseman in there. Jennifer Garner is uh, is Costner's love interest. Didn't need to be a part of the film. Again, they try to throw a little romance in. They 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 you know zhuzh it up Hollywood style and and make it something it didn't need to be. Patrick Saint Esprit as Tom Michaels, the general manager of the Seahawks, and it was my pleasure a little more than three years ago to interview Saint Esprit. And talk about the making of Draft Day, because it's it's an absolute hysterical movie. It teeters between really good and dog food. I, I, I You know, I guess if it were a band, it would be the B-52s. I, I just can't stop watching it, just like I can't stop listening to them when I hear them on Sirius XM. Or when I put in one of my B-52s, you know, albums I downloaded on a hard drive. Uh, draft day is, is fun. It's, it's nothing if not fun. And I thought Dennis Leary was terribly miscast as coach Penn. Um, you could have done a lot better with Mark Ruffalo. He'll take anybody from the cast of spotlight, which was shot in the same year. Take Michael Keaton. He would have been a better head coach than Dennis Leary. That was a reach. But I really enjoyed draft day. Not on my Mount Rushmore, but I'm not doing a Mount Rushmore today. I'm doing one and two. Movies I need to see. I have never seen The Replacements. And I'm a huge Gene Hackman fan. Jack Warden also has a piece of it. So does John Favreau and Faison Love. Favreau and Love were a fine combination in a really above average at best comedy i find it to be delightfully entertaining and that's couples retreat this is um a few years after the replacements but uh, it's got keith david as well from platoon big fan of his and then there's keanu reeves Mm. i need to see invincible with Mark Wahlberg. Didn't want to see it intentionally out of the shoot because it looks like everything I don't like about sports movies in general. Uh, Too much of a fairy tale. Formulaic. Good triumphing over evil. Yeah, those are good messages, but they are so part and parcel of the sports film genre it's just I just I don't like it I used to joke that I'm the guy who rooted for South Bend in Hoosiers and I've come to love Hoosiers and everybody on the Hickory roster uh is a friend of mine and uh I just uh, I, I just don't like the way so many sports movies end in such predictably cheesy fashion and that's what I was afraid of with Invincible. I need to see We Are Marshall. A lot of guys wrote We Are Marshall. And it's a terrible story. It's a factual story. It stars Matthew McConaughey. That's reason enough to give it a chance. Um, so I am in. Uh, I'm going to watch those three. The Replacements, Invincible, and We Are Marshall. I don't feel the need to watch Remember the Titans again from 2000, starring Denzel Washington, Will Patton, and Ethan Suppley, whose best role for me was Tuna in Blow uh, with Johnny Depp. 
set in Virginia in the early 70s. A ton of you, a ton of those who replied to my question came back with Remember the Titans. I don't want to see it again, even though I love the message, but uh, it falls into that category of predictable and corny. And I would say, say the same for the blind side. And that was highly regarded by critics and, uh, and fans alike. That was a very well-received movie. And I'm a Sandra Bullock fan. Not for me. Rudy is not for me. 1993, David Onsbach gives us Rudy. Uh, the lead is a virtual unknown you get Ned Beatty, you get Robert Prosky in a limited role, and I love those guys, but you talk about cornball, Rudy defines that. There is nothing cornier in film than Rudy. I, I, I don't think I've ever made it through Rudy in its entirety, and I you know I, again, I appreciate all the input, but of the film's that finished with the most votes, the top 10 vote getters. Rudy is probably the one I I have the least amount of regard for. Any given Sunday is another picture I need to see again. I like Oliver Stone. What I remember about any given Sunday is I thought the football, the actual football scenes were far more realistic than most movies are about football, Al Pacino, the head coach, Dennis Quaid, the aging quarterback, Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz. I need to give that another chance. The the scene where they go in the locker room, Cameron Diaz, the owner, goes in the locker room and one of her star players is, is a large black man who is completely naked and on the big screen it terrified the shit out of me. That's the kind of thing I'd rather watch by myself. Uh, instead of in a room full of people. All the Right Moves from 1983 is is a film that very close to the time when I had played high school football and a lot of the fashion and hairstyles were still similar just four years later. Tom Cruise had acne in a few scenes. It had to be put on acne. They had to make him look flawed, because he's not. He's the perfect man, right? I mean, even as a young football player, good old number 33, Steph, for Ampipe. Uh, what I didn't like about this film was how over-the-top Michael Chapman, the director, had Craig T. Nelson be the asshole coach. Not necessary to go as far as they did on how evil Coach Nickerson was. There's a lot of things I like about the movie. You know, Jimbo Covert, the Hall of Fame former Bears tackle, grew up out in Pennsylvania, out near Pittsburgh, where that film is set, and said, "Man, that is such an accurate depiction of life in Conway, where where he was born, or anywhere in the Pittsburgh area. That's how it is there. Football is just king." And while Craig T. Nelson's character, Coach Nickerson, redeems himself at the end of the movie and does the right thing for Tom Cruise's character. I I just can't get past how much of the a-hole they made him for the entire film. My experience with high school coaches on the football field was a good one. I had really good coaches, grateful for that, 
And even the guys I know who didn't care for some of our coaches, they never would have had a reason like like Cruz did for hating Nickerson uh, to a lesser degree, the character played by Chris Penn back when he was very, very fit and very alive. Um, it's just, you know, it was too much. It was too over the top. I like the film, but, but I can't, I can't call it even a top 10 football movie for me. Can't do it. My two favorite football movies are everybody's all American and North Dallas 40. And man, was I shocked to see North Dallas 40 get as many mentions as it did. Now on Facebook, it didn't surprise me all that much because I think Facebook tends to skew older. You got more grandpas and more guys my age, even a little bit younger on Facebook versus Twitter which is much more of a younger crowd thing. Not saying if you're a baby boomer, you don't do Twitter. I'm just saying it tends to be more of a a millennial thing and the generation that follows the millennial. They seem to be more Twitter than they are Facebook. But that North Dallas 40 got as much support as it did surprised the hell out of me in a positive way. It's made in 1979, directed by Ted Kotcheff who also directed Rambo, uh, not Rambo, First Blood with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, they drew First Blood, not me. That's not a very good Rambo. I can do better. Maybe next cast. Nick Nolte, Mac Davis, the late Mac Davis, who plays quarterback Seth Maxwell. Charles Durning, who is always the great foil as Coach Johnson He's terrific. G.D. Spradlin, you may not know the name, but you would know the face if you've seen Godfather 2. He played the corrupt congressman or senator from Arizona. You and your olive oil hair. That guy. Uh, John Matusek, the late Oakland, L.A. Raider, uh, was terrific in this film, playing a member of the North Dallas Bulls. He was O.W. Shattuck. He played right next to... Um, Joe Bob Purdy, played by Swedish actor Bo Svensson. He's the real meathead of the group. This movie was groundbreaking. It was one of the first films to expose sport for some of the immorality and the unethical behavior of professional athletes and the organizations for which they work. As Nolte said in the final scene, you give me hard drugs to get out of the locker room in Chicago when they lost to the Marauders in the championship game. Because they had taken pictures of him at a party, lip smack there, kangaroo court. They'd taken pictures of Nolte and Davis smoking a joint at a party. Now, they didn't expose Davis, but they want to get Phil Elliott, Nolte's character, And he says, you guys give us all these chemicals to stay on the field. And it's so true. And as of yet in 1979, nobody was talking about that. This is the first we knew of it. The wild parties, the alcoholism. But they really capture, uh, with only one game, the only game, and it's not a long scenes from the game, the the championship game near the end of the film. It's, It's what they do in practice during the week. The love interests of uh, interest, I should say, singular, of Nolte, his character Phil Elliott, and Charlotte Calder. 
with her Texas money. Interesting you wouldn't know this. Tommy Reeman, who played, if you've seen North Dallas 40, you know the character Delma. Delma doesn't like the needles. He uh, He's the wide receiver who hurts his hamstring and finally shoots up to get you know active for the biggest game of the career. He actually did play briefly in the NFL and stopped with the Bears. And uh, Dan Jiggets, when I was partnering with him, we talked to Tommy Reeman once on our show. And Jig said, yeah, the, like North Dallas 40, he was always in the tub. He was always hurt. His couple years, he was a practice squad player or wound up in a training camp or two and never caught on. But Tommy Reeman uh, also was Michael Vick's high school coach. Um, little nugget about North Dallas 40. I thought it was realistic. I thought it painted the NFL in a way that needed to be put out there for people to realize uh, the degree to which these guys beat themselves up. I didn't know why they didn't go so far as to bring steroids into the conversation because certainly steroids in the 70s already were making their way around college and professional sports, hell, even high school sports. We had an opportunity in 78 to take steroids. Fortunately, the gym owner where we worked out that summer showed us uh, spots all over his body and said, this is why you don't want to do this. You don't know how your liver is going to react to these sort of things. And that scared the crap out of us. So we never did it. But North Dallas 40 did not get into that. But the football scene in the movie is lousy. It's not good filmmaking by today's standards. It's not what any given Sunday or a lot of other football films have given you in terms of emulating actual pro football and why they fascinate so much on football in the mud in film is beyond me in that one. And also in all the right moves when they're actually having a game and the ball is sitting at the line of scrimmage as the offense breaks the huddle and it's resting in a pool of water as it's pouring. That's, that's silly. That's silly filmmaking, but I love North Dallas 40 in so many ways. And I'm delighted it got as much of a favorable reaction from, from those who participated on Facebook and Twitter for me my favorite football movie is everybody's all-american because it is a great film period it was made in 1988 it stars dennis quaid he plays gavin gray the gray ghost star lsu running back it's loosely based on the life of billy cannon gray is drafted by the redskins they were the redskins then this is set in the 50s and early 60s and they take you later Uh, into the 70s and 80s, but he doesn't know what to do when the jukebox is no longer playing his song. When he retires, he struggles to find his identity. He loses his way and isn't getting satisfaction out of anything he tries. Meanwhile, his wife, played by the gorgeous Jessica Lange, Babs Rogers, finally finds herself later in life and finds a job and runs the restaurant slash sports bar they open in Louisiana because she didn't have any of that when they were dating at LSU. She was majoring in Gavin and me. What's your major? Gavin and me. That's all she wanted to be was Mrs. Gavin Gray. Well, finally, Faze wears off and she wants to actually find herself, and she does, much to the dismay of Dennis Quaid's Gavin Gray. 
Timothy Hutton was just so adorable in this film. He plays Donnie, a.k.a. Cake. Films with John Goodman in them are better than those without him. I think you can pretty much say in any movie, in any genre. He plays uh, Gray's teammate, Lawrence. Uh, Gray, of course, Dennis Quaid. And there's Patricia Clarkson, another lip smack, another kangaroo court fine. This is a human condition film. This is a film about first love. It's about civil unrest in the South in the 50s and 60s. It's about people coming of age. It's about people coming to grips with getting older. It is an absolutely fabulous, fabulous film that just happens to have football as its main source of content. Mark G. and Greco, the former uh, ABC7 sportscaster, the guy who pretty much was unrivaled for 20 years following the death of Tim Weigel, responded on Twitter and said, everybody's All-American is one of his favorites, which, you know, there weren't a lot of them. There were a few everybody's All-American people, but it tells me, since it got so few mentions, that not enough people are aware of this film. I don't know how you can't love this movie. It's realistic. It's funny. It's sad. And it really makes you feel a part of the LSU team and the relationships that ensue from football. Quaid with Goodman's character, their characters, the way they meshed and the way they continued to be friends, even when there were reasons to to not necessarily still be on on the same page. Everybody's All-American is absolutely five stars in my world. I don't care. It wasn't as highly regarded as I think it should have been. It got only a 6.2 on a 10-point scale on IMDb, and it is much, much better than that number would indicate. You got to see this film. Everybody's All-American. If you haven't, give it a shot. I think you'll agree it's terrific. I love to watch these movies because they're better than preseason football. And that's one of the reasons I think Hard Knocks is as successful as it is. It's August. Teams are in training camp. But after you see those first few series from the first offense, game one, game two, you're ready for September, man. You are cashed out on that. What HBO does is give you a week in the life of a team in the NFL, and they chop it all up and trim it to a nice, neat 58 minutes or 62 minutes and share with you what it's like in those rooms. And I think the Detroit Lions this year are the absolute perfect backdrop for Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell was made for that type of a show, and his running backs coach, Deuce Staley, the former Eagle, is an incredibly emotional dude on that Lions sideline. I'm looking forward to the third episode at the back end of this week, which we're we're almost at. Uh, because I just, you know, Hard Knocks hasn't been that good in the last few years, frankly. 
This year, they've got the right personalities to make it work. It isn't the players necessarily. DeAndre Swift, the running back, poised for a breakout year. He's he's very quiet. We haven't gotten to know Jared Goff hardly at all. Aiden Hutchinson, the rookie from Michigan, who's having a great camp and a great summer and expected to be a force as a first-year player, is a pretty quiet guy. But Dan Campbell sells Lions football, and he sells the guys in that room on him and each other. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overdraft DeAndre Swift in fantasy. I'm not interested in Jared Goff, Jared Goff even as my number two. But give me Dan Campbell in the coaches to watch this year. Pool. I think. I think his Lions. And how many years we got to say this consecutively? I think the Lions could be on the roar this year, or will the Lions sleep tonight? Watch a good football movie. Make it a point to check out Everybody's All-American. If you have not ever watched it, do it. And if you're new to North Dallas 40 and you haven't seen it, you're too young to watch those movies made in the 70s, give that one a try too. And you're going to be entertained. Thanks for listening. I'll be back early next week. We like to do these on Monday morning and again on Thursday late morning. We'll do that throughout the entire football season. Adam Delavitt is the man at Bet Rivers. My executive producer is the fellow Highland Trojan of mine, Sam Michael. I'm Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening, and please tell your friends about the brand-new Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network.